And what I liked about that is he tied that also in with adrenal function. Because if you right. think of all of us in terms of, you know, we have times of hyper productivity, whereas other times we're not as uh, we're not as productive understanding what times of the days and I've even changed my entire workload in terms of what I do in the mornings what I do in the afternoons what I do on the day of the week yeah. now it's a little bit different also because we also I run a retail store well we're open nine to six Monday through Friday I'm not going to tell the person well I know you're coming in at nine it's it's my off peak hours well there there's a time and place and this does not work for all job positions Welcome to the Consultant and the Coach <laughs> Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Josh. How are you, man? <laughs> doing great. I'll so stop whining now. So we're doing a mic check, and I asked him about his latest race to figure out the mic check, and it, uh, evidently I might have to go into some mid-coaching, mid-podcast because I hit a sore spot, but I think he's doing amazing. Yeah. But today is day two or podcast number two yep. of the book, How to Calm Your Mind. And what we're going to do here is we are going to uh, apply it to work. So yep. actually, as you're going into, you've already had some amazing ideas. If you go into a business and you're consulting with a business and they're f saying, hey, we have problems with burnout of some of our employees or, hey, yep. we have um, problems of kind of what he talks about in the book, How to Calm Your Mind. You you have five great uh, applications you pulled out of this book. Yeah, no, it, it was it was you know imagining you know talk about business use case right. It's it's for that that CEO that HR chief who's seeing turnover going up. Right, mm -hmm. hiring environment is hard. Culture is a secret sauce that's hard to sort of pin down. And so if you're finding you know if you're a, an executive leader in a company and you're finding that is 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 a significant challenge. This book actually has I think really interesting opportunities to a lens through which we'll talk about today how to assess and improve your culture mm -hmm. your um your retention uh your productivity as a result i think um and so yeah we'll dig into that and I, and I think some of the reasons he gets into that in a very good way is he, this this book was the result of his personal burnout very he was a you know productivity yep. guru and i don't want to say was too productive but you know what Overtrained or went over into it and he burned out. So it almost gives you just, hey, here's a great checklist of how not to do it. Or mm -hmm. if you are in burnout, how do you calm your mind so you can get back to being productive again? Yeah. So uh, what, what what's our devotion for the day? Yeah. So we got um, Psalm 2911. Let me pull that up. Sorry. Yeah. This is a good psalm as it applies to, you know, how do you calm your mind? What, what does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Psalm 49.11, and there's many verses about this, so there's there's lots to choose from around this idea of peace in Scripture, which is, I think, very much synonymous with calm mm -hmm. uh, or shalom, um, <clears throat> as we talked about last time. But Psalm 49.11, one of many, the Lord gives strength, gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And so I think, you know, again, as people of faith, we believe that ultimate peace is found in Christ. Um, again, not that you have to share that to, to listen to this podcast, but that's certainly the lens through which we look at all this. Um, but then as we you know, begin to dig into these, we recognize there's also very practical aspects of peace that we can begin to introduce to the workplace. But ultimately, you know, that's where the source of peace will come from, is through understanding of who we are and who God made us to be. Mm -hmm. One of the things I loved about this book is the number of charts in the book. Mm -hmm. And... This doesn't. This didn't surprise me when I was looking at this chart. Work is the number one cause for stress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. which is fascinating, because as people of faith, 
you know, you, you keep reading about shalom or peace and other, well, we all have to work or most of us have to work. Right. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, and this is where we've talked about, and there's a podcast we have out there on toil versus work mm-hmm. way back now, gosh, almost a year ago. Um, but there's a difference between toil and work, right? There's, there's toil as a result of the fall and work is something to be fulfilling and, and kind of redemptive. And so most people who stress out from work, we would say, I think from a faith perspective, is, is actually toil, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't fully escape toil, but there's certainly ways to redeem oh, yeah. toil. Um, but most people who are suffering from sort of the stress, I think that would be work-related, is really going to be toil-related, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that in and of itself is, is in need of redemption and change and, um, and a different sort of approach overall. But um, yeah, and it's not a surprise, right? I mean, that's, that's, that is a result of the broken world we live in. So you came up with you, you came up with five really good applications, work applications. Yep, so yep. what was the first work application out of this book on how to calm your mind as it relates to work? You know, work burnout or yep. you know work work problems. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this again through. If we're going in, we're trying to understand the first thing. You know, assessing and this is consultant language for the first thing you have to do is assess, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's several assessments that I think I I sort of picked up on. One was formal, but the first one I would do. And I've done this in other situations. Is is assessing you know the current state. In this case, typically, a, a lack of calm or anxiety is a result of something in the daily schedule, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the first thing I would do with an executive team and or with everyone in the company is just doing a time management assessment. And you have to be careful how you do this, right? Because some people get bent out of shape because you know oh, you're the employer. You don't have any right to dabble in my you know, after hours stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is if people are stressed out, it's important not for the employer to know, but for and the employer has a role in helping the individual know what things, maybe how they're spending their time and whether Absolutely. or not that's having an impact on their work stress. So if you're drinking, you know, six cups of coffee every day, or if you're staying up till three in the morning and then getting to work at 8 a.m., Maybe that's having an impact on your work stress, right? Whether you like it or not. And so I think the first thing to do is, is there's, and he talks a lot about, you know, some issues around time management, but th- th- I would do a time management, like 15 minute incremental study mm-hmm. of people's time, helping with through discussion and exploration and, and groups in the right settings in the right way that works for the company, helping people see how they're spending their time, how much screen time they're getting, right? Because that's a big issue, how much oh, yeah. time they're spending social media, how much time they're spending watching TV, how much time they're spending exercising and eating and um, socializing and all these things. That's the first thing I would do um, just to help people drill in on not only how they're spending their work hours, which is important, but today because there's just this barrier broken down because of phones and other things that allow us to sort of work 24-7, help people see how much are they spending time working. And and that may or may not be a driver in, in things he talks about, chronic stress, acute stress, things like that. And I, I, I've used frequently, you know, the task management, you know, I, I typically do it with every person in our organization or upper management once a year, because any more than that, it's, it's micromanaging. But once a year, I'm like, hey, this week, just write down what are you accomplishing this week? But some of the things that will show is maybe you move meeting schedules around or like what you said, hey, maybe something's going on outside of work that's mm-hmm. causing mm-hmm. bleed in into mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Absolutely. These things play together, right? I mean, I'm a big believer in family system theory, right? And and people will be doing all sorts of things that by themselves make absolutely no sense 
until you understand the context in which they're coming from in terms of the the interplay of their work and family life, mm-hmm. and outside work life, whatever they're doing. Um, because that stress will change their, you know, a sick child, right? A stressed marital relationship, you know, a, a an aging or, or dying parent, right? I mean, there's just all, all these things that play an enormous amount. So, it's, so understanding those things from a time management perspective is mm-hmm. it's huge. Oh, absolutely. So what was the second thing you came up with? Coming yeah, the out second of the one was, then he talks a lot about in there about all the stressors, mm-hmm. right? So understanding stress and what are causes of stress, acute stress, chronic stress. Um, I would help, uh, you know, work through HR again. To Again, you have to be careful how you help people articulate this in ways that aren't going to come back and, and, and harm them or even appear to harm them, right? Mm-hmm. People get a little bit, um, so it depends on your, you know, how you would go about it. There's some ways each company would do it differently, but help people stress inventory their life, mm-hmm. right? In particular, what are the work stresses? That are, what, are there certain relationships? Is it a management relationship? Is it a project relationship that's causing stress? Um, I mean, I've certainly had my share of team stresses that are frustrating me to no end. Um, unresolved conflict at mm-hmm. work, unresolved conflict at home. So, and the fascinating thing with unresolved stressors is they're different for every single individual. Yeah. So even though this podcast isn't dropping for another month, we record this right after the Thanksgiving holiday. I had a team member on my staff. He was not performing well this week. And I appreciate it. He came to me and just says, I need to let you know, my in-laws are coming in and they're staying the entire week at my house. So if I seem off this week, that's why. Nice. And I'm going, thank God. Here I thought I was going to, you know, there was something wrong with our work or this or that. But what happened was in that situation, you had a family thing bleeding into work that's as a stressor. Stress. Definitely acute stress. Thank Absolutely. But it was yeah. nice because I'm not going into say, hey, Josh, what's going on at home? There, there are HR boundaries that we have to do, but it is nice if, if someone will come to us and say, hey, there are some external home life stressors that might be bleeding in to work. Well, what, what great uh, what great job by you as, a, as the CEO to be able to set up an environment where people can say that. And mm-hmm. what... what, what um, that's a great self-awareness of that person to be able to actually recognize that and make that, mm-hmm. you know, articulate that. Yeah. That's huge. And, and the second part is in for those that have a coaching relationship, one of the benefits of coaching is it gives someone an opportunity to talk about work, work life, mm-hmm. how things spill over. So even in a coaching relationship, I don't let the company that is paying for the coaching service, I'm not going to tell them everything. So if you share with me, hey, I got in an argument with my spouse or whatever, that's Mm -hmm. not going to bleed in. And I'm not going to tell that to your employer at work. Mm -hmm. What I do do is what I call broad brush strokes. We'll talk about your overall job performance, Mm -hmm. your overall stress level, because everything does overlap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, anything, everything eats away. Also, I would say your cognitive load, Mm -hmm. right? I've learned a lot about that in some different um, work I've done. And so cognitive load is a huge issue and and stressors diminish your cognitive load. I mean, significantly. Absolutely. And, And that just damages your ability to do good quality work it's kind of the same depth and breadth of normal. So what was the third one you came up with? <clears throat> third one he mentions in the book, I won't you know talk a lot about, but it's in there about the Maslach's burnout inventory, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. That would be a one I would definitely take to. So someone that has not read the book yet, oh, yeah. what, is, what is this inventory? Yeah, so um, Maslach is a researcher that is, um, is referenced in the book, um, and it's in, I think it's the burnout equation, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the chapter? I think thing? you're right. Um, mm-hmm. And three, burnout is basically a result of three things, exhaustion, cynicism and, and feeling unproductive 
right? And so um, th- those are sort of how you rate on those three things. And I, the, the burnout inventory in particular is not in the book, but um, I think it's one of those things where you could acquire it through um, Dr. Maslach or some version of something mm-hmm. she's put together. Um, and so this is an area where you can help people uh, recognize, I think, um, where they're feeling burned out and what some of the some of those results might be in terms of how because it's one thing to say oh I'm tired right but mm-hmm. that's not enough right? it has to be exhaustion and it has to be some level of cynicism and it has to be you know um, some amount of feeling unproductive right and, and I can point to jobs right and that it's key to know what's causing the burnout mm-hmm. a lot of people think oh it's always the result of work mm-hmm. not always not as always as we've talked about frequently is right. personal life will be coming in mm-hmm. and um, in our business, you know, we have 70, over 75 employees. I know of several of them where their work productivity goes down, and I'm aware it's not work-related. Right. It's personal life-related. So then we have to figure out, okay, how do we handle those instances where mm-hmm. they don't want to seek counseling or family systems help or you name it? Yeah. What does that look like? But it's also helpful for us because I'm like, okay, it has nothing to do with nine to five Monday through Friday work right well and that's where these three things that's where I thought if I was going to go into a company and come alongside a CEO or again chief of HR executive team or maybe a board that I've worked with you know if this is a main issue these are the three assessments I would do with the team or the team in question whether it's an executive team or the whole company or some subset you know time management assessment so that gives you an understanding of what's happening in and outside of work right what are the stressors or perceived stressors from that time management and therefore and then where are they on this burnout inventory so those mm-hmm. three things together it gives you a really good picture of individuals and teams and levels of like how close are they to sort of this threshold that he talked about in the book this i can't remember what he called the ceiling um but he, he had this, you know reference for sort of getting this threshold of burnout or threshold of anxiety mm-hmm. right and if you don't have a lot of margin there that's the big issue right if you don't have margin there's it takes one stressor and you're over the top and you're, and you're, you're, you're gone for right, the whole you're toast. so even for those people who are sort of right up to the threshold but aren't burnout yet you can help coach them on hey if you have one unexpected life thing hit you're you're done. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be over the top, right? So even those people who are at risk, it'd be really insightful, hopefully, for them to to kind of back off that edge if they can. I can see that. So what was the fourth one you came up with? Yeah. So I mean, as we move from assessing to, to solutions, you know, there was um, several burnout solutions he talked about that I thought could be implemented. So there's six burnout solutions in the book: um, workload control, insufficient reward, community, fairness, or a values conflict. Um, those are sort of different, I guess, causes of the burnout, but there was solutions in each one of those that I thought of. Um, so for workload, if, if that's sort of based on these inventories, if workload is, is the main mm-hmm. issue, you know, he had a really great idea in there about productivity hours, right? So set up clear boundaries in your life, either as an individual or a team. Hey, I'm going to work from eight to five and I'm mm-hmm. going to turn it on at eight and I'm gonna turn it off at five, right? Or some other thing that works for your job or the team. And what I liked about that is he tied that also in with adrenal function. Because if you think of all of us in terms of, you know, we have times of hyper productivity, whereas other times we're not as, uh, we're not as productive understanding what times of the day. So I've even changed my entire workload in terms of what I do in mornings, Mm -hmm. what I do in the afternoons, what I do on the day of the week. Now it's a little bit different also because we also, I, run a retail store well we're open nine to six monday through friday i'm not going to tell the person well i know you're coming in at nine it's it's my off peak hours well there there's a time and place and this does not work for all 
job positions. No, no, no. Yeah, no. But it, but like but like for me, you know, to that point, you know, I do my best thinking early in the morning, mm-hmm. right? So if I can get to a Starbucks at five thirty or six, you know, I can hammer out more work between six and nine from a thinking perspective than most people do in a day, just because that's when I'm at like peak ability right mm-hmm. and it would also match with his graph right. you know that's typically we have more adrenal function earlier in the mornings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um the second one he talked about interestingly was um control right so lack of control lack mm-hmm. of feeling so that's a absolutely major cause of anxiety right and um i think you know he, he referenced things like the you know media and, and maybe big Socio-political events like a war, right, or a pandemic, or you know, oh, yeah. economic people causes people stress because you can't control any of this stuff, right? So sometimes you have to sort of shut it off. Um, but in terms of what the company can control, you know, I think there's certainly if that seems to be a cause of the burnout and all those assessments, I would directly start talking about measurements, KPIs, and looking at that um, kind of that life assessment pieces of, of what we just talked about one, two, and three because. Let's, let's figure out, is there something that the company can help that person better control or not? Absolutely. Right? Do they clearly tie their job to specific outcomes that are tied? Like, can they do that? And some jobs are better at that than others. But anything the company, organization can do to help that individual or that team achieve, like, controllable outcomes will change their perspective on control, right? And I think that will just help reduce. And I've noticed that as well, too. Some people can't scale up to 30, 40, 50,000 feet. But if you say, okay, what's the vision of our company? We've mm-hmm. already had podcasts on vision. Mm-hmm. But then if you had say, hey, Josh, here's your KPIs. This is what I expect of you. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, or you should know where you, where, where you need to be in your job performance. And that does not, you know, whether or not your side wins in the next presidential election or whether or not our football team won this weekend, right. what are your job KPIs? You have direct control or you should be able to control how well you do there. Yeah, I've worked with organizations before who have taken that so far as to have a badge, and on the back of the badge, it's a healthcare organization, mission, vision, va- mission, vision, values, and strategy. And typically, in, in healthcare, it's been like strategic pillars or something, mm-hmm. right? And every person has then been able to, either looking at their badge or not, they know the mission, the vision, the values, the strategy, and then what their daily work does to impact at least one aspect of the strategy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most healthy organization that I've ever worked with. And so that's where I would work with that organization to figure out what are all those things and how do you make sure everyone's job is directly tied to that. Absolutely. Yep. Now, what was the fifth thing you came up with on, you know, as reading the book, How yep. to Calm Your Mind, yep. Yep. what was the fifth thing that really helps uh, business performance? Yeah. Um, and so the last thing, you know, and again, there's some other things with the burnout stuff, and we just didn't have time to get into all that today. But um, the last thing is team activity. So I think the last thing would be there's some cool things in there around stimulation, fasting, and analog activities. Um, certainly, you could get into um, those things on your own, right, as mm-hmm. an individual. But if you're looking at ways to build team culture, you know, don't do those things that are heavy social media driven. Don't do those things requiring you know, a screen, but, you know, maybe there's a way as a group to go do stimulation fasting or an analog weekend, right, with oh, no phones, no screens over 48 hours on a retreat or, you know, go pick up trash by the side of the road because there's no phones and screens mm-hmm. involved in that or whatever, pick something, right, that, that has no digital uh, aspect to it whatsoever, right, to help people connect um, relationally, but also just personally check away from all of the stressors related to 
many of the technologies we, we tend to kind of overuse at times. And looking back with my company, some of the best team bonding I've had, they're very, I can't even think of any time it's ever been digital. It's always been analog. Mm -hmm. I've taken my company ziplining before. Mm -hmm. We've played company games. I mm -hmm. took them one place. We actually did a life-size maze. Every time, I'm like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Turn off the cell phone. Yeah. At least for or leave it home or leave it home yeah, for an leave hour. In the car. Leave it in the mm -hmm. car, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just leave the car, leave the phone in the car, or and I, I think come if you're looking at how God's created us, God's created us to be intentional relational beings. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's who we're made to be, um, and God does not text us through the phone. So <laughs> and along those lines, my a couple weeks ago, my daughter was saying, "Dad, I'm so stressed out." I'm like, "Well, how are you relaxing?" And she goes, "Dad, I'm relaxing by watching videos on TikTok." Oh jeez. And I go, "Hey, I got this book." I said, "How is that working for you?" Not very good. It's actually making things worse. I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be the dad saying, get off TikTok, but, yeah. and she goes, dad, it, it helps not being on TikTok as much. You think? <laughs> I have a book for you. She got there on her own, huh? Mm -hmm. okay. But hey, next week, life application right. for the book, How to Calm Your Mind. And there's a lot of life applications. And I actually say there's more life applications yep. for this book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as we take care of our life, it will overflow into our business. That's right. And he talks about that in the book, right? Moving mm -hmm. the, 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 actually the value of this approach is it actually increases your productivity, your work abilities by taking care of all the life applications that are here. Yeah, absolutely. So next week, life application for How to Calm Your Mind. But until then, hey, go out to uh, the consultantofthecoach.com uh reach out let us know any questions you have or hey as we've had more and more people every single week even whether you're listening to us on youtube or tiktok speaking of tiktok write a question or two hey what do you think about this yep sounds so, good anyway until next week how to calm your mind very good book go out and pick it up if you haven't already we'll have a little link in the show notes all right take care have a good one <laughs>